0: I have to leave at (laughs) 9. Okay. Oh, but Brian will be here by then. Yes, and maybe Kirsten too. Oh, super duper. Wow, this thing is so horribly cursed. Oh my God, this week is ridiculous.
1: Today on the Geek Out podcast, the huge kerfuffle over the voice actor behind Bayonetta 3.
2: Two, three, four. Netflix is kicking you off of your Xflix Netflix account. Flix.
3: Perfect. <laughs> Print it. We've got trailers for Quantum Mania and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Is that good?
0: <laughs> and Henry Cavill is back as Superman. Nerdy
4: is the new sexy. It's
1: good to be a geek. This is Geek Out, the podcast. Superman. <laughs> It's the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 211. We record this on Wednesday, October 26th, 2022, by the skin of our teeth. This week's scheduling has been an absolute nightmare. And so at this very moment, even though you may have heard, Mm -hmm. maybe Brian, maybe Kirsten in the intro, they're not here yet. We're flying them in later. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out, Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone.
0: Hi, I'm Publestino. And yes, it's true. Truly cursed, truly cursed the scheduling of this podcast. Um, oh, my God, such consternation. And like as soon as Brian said, oh, I, you know, he couldn't do Tuesday, I was like, okay, well, Tuesday, we got, we got so much Marvel stuff. We need Brian for that. So, but then, you know, he's had a, Mix him up, and in the morning here, so where we're doing it, so he'll come in later, but, uh, and then Kirsten's got an appointment, and then I went and flew off the rails, and it's just like, <laughs> but, but, I, and I have to leave in 45 minutes, but. Mm-hmm, that's great. <laughs> I did all my homework, and I saw Black Adam. Yeah. Even though last week I swore I wouldn't. <laughs> And I uh, watched House of the Dragon finale as well last night. So I can. Oh, fantastic. I know because the. You're ahead uh, of a couple of us, I think. Am I? Okay, okay, because like the memes were getting out there. Oh, Uh, that's
1: tough. Spoiler memes.
0: Yeah. I, I saw one thing and it was like. Jaceris's face when that scene happened. And I just like <laughs> I was like, oh no you don't. Oh no you yeah. don't. Right. And I just get out of here with your spoilers. I had to scroll by it so quickly, but I do want to just play this I would be- audio from last week that Kirsten sent along. Because I did get to go see Black Adam last night with art and So funny. Uh flying directly in the face of just a single week ago. I would be shocked to find myself in a movie theater watching Black Adam. And to a lesser extent, but still if I found myself sitting in my comfortable watching chair, dialing up the movie Black Adam, I would find myself a bit of a surprise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're right; that last Kirsten noise is great. That's yeah, the favorite part. She put that together. She clip it that clip it and uh, left her. Oh no, isn't it? And I yeah. just laughed so hard. And because
1: surprise of all surprises, you did go and sit in a
0: comfortable theater chair mm-hmm. and see Black Adam. I paid for three people to go watch it with me. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious, dude. So, anywho, we'll have that coming up a little bit later on the
1: podcast. But for now, this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Yeah, a whole saga about the third game in the Bayonetta series all seemed to be going well for its release, uh, I guess, Friday. This is coming right up. And uh, mid-month we got a series of Twitter videos from the voice actor who voiced Bayonetta for the first two games, uh, Helena Taylor, shortly after it was announced that she was not coming back for the third game. And Helena Taylor is angry Mm. uh, uh, about it and did not hold back and went so far as to say, I am not afraid of a non-disclosure agreement. I can't even afford to run a car. What are they going to do? Take my clothes? Good luck to them. Uh, The crux of the video, which has been seen over 10 million times now on Twitter, is that Platinum Games, the company behind the game, uh, offered her a flat rate of 4000 United States dollars to voice the game, which Mm. is Terribly insulting, especially for video games where there are so many branching paths and so many things that you have to say regardless of, you know, because regardless that the player will only hear maybe one of four of each of these branches, you gotta voice everything. So it's an extensive amount of work, and that is a very ridiculous amount of money. So she went on to Twitter and was very angry about it and told people to boycott the game and instead donate the money they would spend on the game to charity and said that Jennifer Hale, the new voice of Bayonetta, um, has no right to say that she is the voice of Bayonetta or or sign merch as Bayonetta because Helena Taylor created that voice. Wow. And yeah, so Platinum came out in support of Jennifer Hale. And Jennifer Hale said, I am under an NDA and I can't talk about the specifics of this. Um, And then Bloomberg came out with sort of a long list of details that we may not have heard before. Mm. Uh, One of them being that Platinum Games offered Helena Taylor, yes, between three and four thousand United States dollars per session. But voicing a game like this would probably take at least five sessions. Oh. And then Helena Taylor said on Twitter again that, yes, she was initially offered $10,000 United States dollars. She wrote the series creator asking for more for what she believed she was worth. She was offered another $5,000, but then declined to voice the game. Mm. And then 11 months later, I guess Platinum came back with sort of like a cameo offer, like a peace offering kind of thing. And that... Was what were, was worth the four thousand United States dollars. Oh. So, bit of a wibble wobble, uh, and and just like, just kind of sad and depressing to see mom and dad fight on the internet. So, that's kidding. Uh, that's what we geeked out about this week. And interestingly, hmm. our own Quentin Moriarty did a video on this whole subject as well. And oh. He dropped that last night, and I did my geek out this morning. So, um, just
0: funny things. All right, so go and check him out on. Kumo No, no, it's not the, yet. no youtube.com slash original cumo. Yeah. Oh there it is. <laughs> um so hey, listen. 15, 15 grand here we're thinking like is high end of what they offered. What what is what should?
1: Hmm, okay. that's that's a great question. Um that probably sounds like low to okay or mm. maybe more entry level. I'm, I'm totally guessing though, you know, having never voiced a video game before and having not been at the, you know, the stature of either a Jennifer Hill or a Helena Taylor, sure. you know, with all the classical training and whatnot, that's that's difficult to say. Um, it does... <laughs> here's the thing. it was fi- If it was 15K plus residuals, probably okay. okay. Residuals are a huge, wonderful, great thing for actors because, of course, they get paid later um, for... Uh, additional sales of the game um, but you know if it's a flat rate then eh, probably should be more
0: yeah right $15,000 doesn't seem like that much money does not really no yeah, yeah for a video I know game a lot, of,
1: I... a lot of actors can go lower if the residuals are promised because that's <laughs> sort of you know in enduring in, in money
0: Sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this game is going to sell a lot of copies, right? Like, this is a popular. I would game. think so,
1: yeah. Like, it's a, it is a pretty popular game. Re- the embargoes just dropped two days ago. Mm-hmm. So, reviews are coming out, you know, five out of five, a nine out of 10, you know, and some very complimentary words. So, yeah, it'll probably do okay.
0: Yeah, right. Like, I want. Is it outrageous for me to want this person to make $100,000 at least? To voice this video game that's so complicated as you say?
1: I don't think that's I don't think that's out of the realm of realistic at all.
0: Right? Like is that weird? Like and then they just no, don't here's have Here's to...
1: the thing, like voice acting a uh, video game is much different than voice acting uh, a movie or a series because mm-hmm. a video game usually has a, like I mentioned, a lot of branching paths. So a lot of right. dialogue that you have to voice regardless of whether or not the player will hear it. And also there are what they call efforts, which are the sounds of you jumping or getting hit, or in a lot of cases scream dying, uh, you know, in multiple (laughs) iterations because the player, depending on how hard the game is, is going to hear that a lot. So you want a number of them and that's the kind of stuff that can ratchet your voice, something fierce. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's hard work, extra hard work. I think voicing a game compared to, um, any any other kind of voice work. And so, yeah, I think they should be paid appropriately.
0: Well, yeah. And video games make money, right?
1: Video games make money, right. Absolutely.
0: Right? Yep. Okay. So get off yeah, your Video wallet. games,
1: they, they do all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much do you think Charles Martinet, obviously the, the Cadillac Oof. of uh, video game voiceover people, do, what does he make per game to, to do Super Mario? Holy smokes! More than
1: I'd be able to count, I'm sure. Do you think? It's, uh, yeah, I like. And here's the thing: because he's he's legacy, you know, and he's yeah. done this voice for so long. And I'm sure. He, and I'm sure the thing is, he can do this quickly and efficiently, and just nail it first try. You know, there's right. not a lot of coaching involved. Um, you know, with a guy like him, after the amount of time that he's been doing this character, yeah. so that is uh, an asset to the studio as well. Is you'll be able to get him in and get him out. And so, yeah, you you pay him sort of, I guess, less in time but more in talent and efficiency. Yeah, not to mention, I can't imagine what he would make.
0: I hope he makes a million dollars a game. You know, like I, he he doesn't strike me that he's so wealthy, but I do want him to make a million dollars. Especially when you think he does all the voices, you know? Like, yeah. I think yeah. including Princess Peach. I um,
4: <laughs> don't think he does Princess Peach.
0: <laughs> no, but really, they must look at him and they're like, uh, anyone with a mustache, anyone on the script whose lines uh, is set right, right. a mustache, yeah. just do the mustache <laughs> voices, please, and thank you. And, exactly. Uh, and, but, you know, but that kind of relationship also takes trust because I'm imagining right now, sorry to derail and just go to Super Mario, but I'm imagining... <laughs> You know that very first session when he's brought in for super mario 64 hmm. and uh you know the producer's there and he's like Kush! okay uh charles yeah you know uh, at this point you're you're throwing bowser and so we want you to say so long bowser okay just like that and <laughs> we're, we're, rolling, this, we? <laughs> uh, we're rolling okay charles whenever you're ready okay got it so long, Gay Bowser! <laughs> oh right.
4: my God! Right,
0: right, right! And then oh, the like, internet's oh, okay.
4: greatest
1: achievement. <laughs> We're
0: adding another word in there, Charles. Let's just try this one more time. <laughs> so long, <laughs> Bowser. Got it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. God. So long, Gay Bowser. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Jeez. Right. No, no, Charles, Charles, oh, do you hear? Man. Do you hear yourself? <laughs> And he's like, "Oh, thank you so much for too, playing my game. So long, Gabe Bowser." <laughs>
1: Anyways,
4: <laughs> we're not gonna-, gonna
0: let
1: this go. I no, love it. No,
0: no. We are oh. uh, a truly how? Okay, sorry. Anyways, well, I just want everyone to be rich. That's all. Yep, pay pay your
1: artists fairly and pay for your. All right, coming soon. Great googly moogly. Mm. I didn't see this coming. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer just dropped. This will be coming out <laughs> February 17th, 2023. And um oof, we have a, you know, a more grown up Cassie. We've got mm-hmm. the, um, uh, Van Dyne. What's the shoot?
0: Oh, the, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Wasp.
1: No, well, no, well, yeah, we got the parents. Yeah, and, uh, oh, and then yeah. we got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like yeah. it's a big ol' family affair and they're all shlooped into the quantum realm and that's all well and good until you hear Jonathan Major's voice as Kang the Conqueror and you know that things are about to go sort of extra south. Yeah. So this should be a great vehicle for Jonathan Kang, uh, Jonathan, Kang. <laughs> Jonathan Major's mm. and his character Kang the Conqueror.
0: Seriously, okay now but I, so Brian's not here but I whatever point, at whatever point Brian does join the pod, I think you should loop back around and just launch Absolutely. right back into these next three stories here because we need Brian's take. But uh, let me just say uh, looks great looks fun looks like an ant-man movie that actually looks fun um the last one the ant-man and the wasp i was so bored of honk shoe. Hong oh, wow okay. yeah right. yeah but but this one looks like not only does it look very cool and interesting mm-hmm. like our incredible visuals and all that like just next level stuff where that's what's t- this stage of this marvel cinematic universe seems to be is like we're going to blow you away with visuals and worlds and vistas. And there's also a bunch of CGI crap, but still, it's going to be real pretty yeah. to look at. Um, and and so that's fine. And then also, I think that Endgame really taught us, hey, you better pay attention to this Ant-Man crap. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't dismiss what you believe is a little character.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ain't no little characters. Ain't no little characters. And even though it's these movies aren't that fun, they're, they're our least fun movies – Mm-hmm. we're gonna put a bunch of stuff you gotta pay attention to, and nothing's gonna make sense if you're not watching these as well.
1: Yeah. Right? It's so, gonna turn out to be pretty important. Pay attention.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, as soon as you get something like that Quantum Realm, or you know, something that's so macguffin that like it's powerful, you know? Like you never know what could be in there, and nobody knows about it, and it's just like oh, okay, then there's all your you know, as big a as big an evil villain as you can make. Yeah. The the answer lies in places like the quantum realm. Right? So exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. It's very confusing. How in the world is this guy there? Because it looks like he's there. Yeah. Um, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Scott came out of the quantum realm and is going back. You know, we don't know. We have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Yeah. But big stakes. Big stakes. Well, next up that we will not talk about for too much because we'll bring Brian back into it. But Wow. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Bless Disney for embracing the travesty, which was the Star Wars Holiday Special mm-hmm. and now making everything the Holiday Special. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be a special, obviously, on Disney Plus on November 25th. And I guess it surrounds the Guardians of the Galaxy trying to make Christmas, uh, you know, which they don't get or understand, a special for Peter, who, uh, of course... Uh, is a human, and mind you, would have only experienced four or five Christmases before he was uh, taken from the Mm -hmm. Earth. Um, But yeah, they decide to try and... Should I say it? Yeah. Spoiler (laughs) alert for a trailer. Spoiler alert for a trailer. Uh, They try and decide to give uh, Star-Lord Kevin Bacon as a present. Featuring... uh, Oh, sorry. Introducing... Kevin Bacon right, yeah, yeah. in this <laughs> movie. The last scene of him running down his street and behind the hedges, you've got Drax and Mantis bouncing off trampolines or just maybe their legs going, Wheep. what a visual. This thing looks
0: ridiculous. It looks so fun. And yeah. it looks pretty good budge. And I think everyone's involved, right? Like everyone looks like they're on board. For yeah, this. sure. Looks like it. Yeah. Co- Cosmo. He Cosmo the dog is there. Cosmo and the dog, yeah. Also, Kevin Bacon looks like more than just a cameo, too. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, right? It looks like he's really there. Yeah. A lot. So, I can't wait. Wonderful and ridiculous. I
1: love it. And we have another trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever in theaters November 11th, which I did not watch and will not watch because apparently somewhere in this trailer there is something that maybe hints greatly at who the next black panther is uh or or doesn't depending on who you talk to yeah but it's too much it's too much possibility for me so i have run away uh from it and am not interested in in watching this right
0: now that's good stay away it's it's not too far away right you know we're less than a couple of weeks away it, it yeah, does exactly. look phenomenal here's a spoiler it looks phenomenal oh good thank good spoiler g. good spoiler thank g let's that's Thank you, it's F day. Thank you. Hey G- <laughs> Brian is here. Perfect timing, Perfect Brian. Hi. Yeah.
1: Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, uh, but let me know if you're going to spoil anything, (coughs) because I'll I'll take my cans off. Uh, And the funny is that I just muted myself to cough, but then I unmuted myself exactly
2: at the point that I coughed.
1: I heard that. That was incredible. Yeah, this is a broadcast professional we got right here. And we want to hear your thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special, and we want to hear your thoughts on the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania trailer. But, have, you already, have you already
0: done all those? Well, We've just, we just just got through them. But do you know what I'm going to say? Maybe instead, let's blast through the rest of the cue sheet, so I can just chime in on those. And then when I leave, I have to leave in you know, uh, oh that's right, fifty five half an hour, half an hour or less. Then loop back around and then spend all the time in the world on those. How about that? Works sure. for me. Okay, cool. Thank you.
1: Well, next in trailers is a new series that just dropped on Prime Video called The Peripheral, and it stars uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who was a hit girl in the Kick-Ass movies and has done a bunch of stuff since then. But that was certainly a a, a big splash out for her. Um, William Gibson wrote the novel uh, that this is based on, and Jonathan Nolan and... Lisa Joy of Westworld are the executive producers. Mm. So this is a series set about 30 years from now and VR and VR games and are are very prevalent. Um, So Chloe plays a character named Flynn. Her brother has like surgically installed into his body. uh, What I believe are called haptics and they're down his spine and whatnot. So I'm pretty sure what this means is when he plays a game, he can really feel it but his little sister of course is much better at the games than he is and um so she basically plays his games levels him up and he's chosen to test out this new sort of goes over your head vr headset which is so realistic it's like being there i watched the first episode mm. of this i'm gonna run through the series it seems right up my alley and it's it's it has a very beautiful westworld mark on it because mm. you're dealing with 30 years in the future earth which is you know not too much different uh, everybody rides electric bikes and then uh a lot i think about 70 years further in the future or 700 i don't know a-, a lot further in the future in london which is where the character like that's where you go when you put this thing on mm. but the question is is this a game or is flynn actually running somebody's body X amount of years in the future Whoa. in an actual futuristic London. First episode was phenomenal. I'm going to run through this series and R and R it later.
0: Wow, well, that sounds cool. Plus, Chloe Grace Moretz is quite a talent. Super talent,
1: absolutely. Yeah, she's great and like Southern drawl. Everybody's sort of like you know oh, yeah. southerny in this, and she it's very believable.
0: And the other thing about. I, I saw a thing with her, actually, this week. I don't know if it's going to show up later, but she expressed some interest in wanting to be a villain in the MCU. Did anyone see that? I didn't. Yeah. And she I think she'd probably be pretty good at it. Um, I don't she, disagree. Yeah. She was on uh, 30 Rock as, like, a, like a villainous character. Like is she that's cool yeah she was so good in that role she's like all oh, comes in all sweet as like a granddaughter of somebody and then turns out she's conniving and evil and she is the antagonist um she was really good amazing great comedic chops but also like yeah you believe her as a villain so put her in there yeah yeah she's pretty well rounded. yeah because the comedic chops are definitely
2: there for her and then yeah i could see her playing a, i could see her playing an mcu villain right
1: yeah we got a second trailer for resident evil 4 now this was the 2005 video game that's been redone and re-put on every system since but they are completely redoing it for march 4th 2023 on your high-end uh, xbox and playstation consoles and pc and so i was interested in this because this is probably the video game outside the zelda franchise that i have played the most times yeah and i wouldn't have even put this in here because i, I feel it's kind of niche however they have changed elements of the plot, and I am now extra super duper excited about this. Really, like it's all re—you know—all the whole game is rebuilt from scratch. The storyline is generally the same, but they have you know new voice acting, and um, and now we see new bits of storyline in the in this new trailer. The the president's daughter, who you the hero are here to save, looks like she gets infected. Um, And that never happened in the first game And good twist Hmm. So now I'm extra excited for this game
0: Great twist
1: And finally On the line A movie about Mel Gibson as a talk radio host Whose plot I guessed in the opening 20 seconds of The trailer Um, But this will be out November 4th
2: If Mel Gibson's character Was like me and does uh, The majority of his broadcasting From home Wouldn't be in that
1: predicament. You're You're correct. You're absolutely (laughs) correct. (laughs) But this is Hollywood, and we ignore that there's a COVID. (laughs) that's right. And also,
0: Mel Gibson, don't we don't like him anymore? Wasn't he like... I thought we didn't like him. We didn't like him. He was canceled before we even had the word canceled, right? Like, he was just a bad man? Yeah, he was like an early cancel. You're absolutely right. I can't remember what he did now. Was it anti-Semitism? Yeah,
1: yeah. He was pulled over. Um, and then yelled a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff at the uh, arresting
0: officer, I believe. There it is. All right. Yep. Oh, that's probably not even worth thinking about. Okay, well.
2: Uh... But is that, so that's the thing, too, is that, is that kind of a commentary itself on, like, cancel culture and that, like, were we mad at this person? Should we not see this?
1: Should we not get a ticket? <laughs> <laughs> Should we not get 10 tickets, please? <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly.
0: Wait, what's your point here, Brian? Or should we
2: not see No, it? but it's like cuz like you like you're not really remembering why we're mad at at Mel Gibson.
1: <laughs> you just know we're supposed to be mad. So you just think it's like, "Oh yeah, I
2: think we're supposed to be mad. Should I do a Google to see if there was an update on this?" <laughs>
0: Uh, But I wasn't wrong. I said anti-Semitism, so it's in there. It's in there. Correct. Correct. I I knew. I knew he was bad for some reason or another. I think that's the point. We're supposed to just forget about these people. They're not supposed to be in movies no more. No, I'm not right. I didn't want, to especially as
1: Santa Claus last year.
2: uh, Can't wait to like, you know, a couple years from now, Kanye releases another album. Oh no!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Should I listen to this? Do we like Kanye? I can't
2: remember. But that would have to be like five, ten, ten years from now. Like probably, probably yeah.
0: You'd have to gone. forget a, a if lot if he that. goes on. He spends the next five or ten years apologizing. Yeah, right. That's how that <laughs> works. Yeah. Do, that's the thing. Did Mel Gibson say sorry? Mm, Good when question. end of that. Okay. So everyone say
1: sorry, and then we you all need to, need to do our research a bit more.
0: Yeah. When Kanye says sorry, then ten years from now he can play Santa Claus. How about that? perfect
1: perfect <laughs> oh my god geek news proper oh man All right. So Netflix will start charging you for extra users on your account next year in 2023. They they released the thing on their own website uh, called Profile Transfer. Uh, So you can hang on to all of your profile settings, even in times of change. Uh In times of change, meaning when we kick you off your ex's account. All right. Uh, So we don't know um, how much, um, but it'll probably be in the range of about $4 to $5 per extra user.
0: But isn't that what I already pay for? Don't I already pay for the one family or whatever, so that that many people are allowed to watch it on different screens
1: uh, in the same household? I think that's their point. But that was the th- that's yeah, that's
2: the whole thing. Is like I thought that's the point of why you get the most expensive package because there's like unlimited. You can have it on unlimited screens or whatever. Yeah.
0: We're going to start paying for this per screen now. You know what it I mean? Like, would seem so, yeah. Oh, Frigga, do, Netflix. I know. Oh, the, t- the tighter you grip your fingers, the more systems will slip through your fingers, or whatever the phrase is there, Netflix.
1: Oh. Yeah, that. A very familiar phrase. <laughs>
0: That's from Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> they, they still oh, oh, yeah, right. Do. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they still do have, like, not really a monopoly. On, that. but like, they're still the streaming service that people like almost the default. They're, they're the, the verb service that you can spend their most time in just the menu looking for something to watch, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like say Disney Plus, where you're actively going to watch yeah, uh, the next episode, episode of, of The Mandalorian, or yeah, whatever. that's fair. That's so or true. On Prime, where you're going to watch Lord of the Rings.
0: But know? when will that become the more important thing? And I mean, we've been talking about it for so long. That should be the way it is now. The mm-hmm. places, you know, the, the services with the stuff that we go specifically to go and watch. Oh, God, oh, I'm sick of spinning my wheels over this lousy company. <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid. Okay,
1: Henry Cavill confirms that he is back as Superman for any future DC movies. Any. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And that I'm sure with, oh, wait, we're getting to the James Gunn story next.
1: That's I wanted. They're related, so I put them side by side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that kind of stuff is going to be solidified,
2: I believe, under the new DC Studios co-CEOs.
1: Should we just jump to that? (laughs) We'll just just, jump jump to that. James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, under David Zaslav. Are the new co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios' film, TV, and animation division. DC Studios replaces DC Films. So there's James Gunn over at DC, moving things forward. Kind of like, as Art might say, maybe a a Walmart Kevin Feige. I, I don't. I don't know. James Gunn has got. Chops, them, mm. and this is a good get mm. for DC Comics. Zaslav, sorry, DC Film or it's just DC DC Studios. Studios. Yeah. Now, mm. I'm very.
2: This is the thing. I'm happy for DC because I, I, you know, I like DC Comics. Sure. I don't like the movies. No. They certainly I'm need not. a win in that department. They and they definitely need a win in that. So I think this is a good thing. Do you think that Disney's kicking themselves for? Uh, pulling the trigger pretty early on cancelling James Gunn when he had those old tweets dug up. Marvel? It's not Marvel, it was Disney. Disney. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, that's tough to say because I'm sure they are kicking themselves, but what else could they have done? It's Disney. You know? (sighs) I mean. They've typically reacted swift and fast. Those are the same words, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Swift and decisively
2: yes but then i think that that bit them in the butt though yes that started making you know having the conversation about we should be a little bit smarter about you know and i I don't i hate bringing up the the term but cancel culture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we you can't just it can't just be like the swift like gavel okay well you're done then right you know um it, 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 there's got to be a little bit more of a middle, like a middle ground instead of a pendulum swinging all the way to the other side. Right, yeah, yeah. it can't yeah. be so um, black and white. So I, I'm, that said, like, again, I'm happy for James Gunn because he's done a phenomenal job so far. Like, uh-huh. he, he made me like a Suicide Squad movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite shows is the one that he did with uh, um, uh, John Cena. Right? Oh, right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm sure John is happy too because he's like, "Oh, that's gonna probably make uh make his character a lot more relevant
0: in and- yeah get his character into a movie." Oh yeah. sure, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, he, James Gunn's certainly a talent, and yeah, he he went not with Who Brung Him. He's not dancing with Who Brung Him, but the one who. Would, treated him well, I guess, or, you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt. And DC and he's certain- still doing like Guardians of the Galaxy, like or this could, I don't know if this could be his last film, but I bet it is for Marvel yes. for Disney? Disney. Oh yeah. He's going to finish out his trilogy there, do his yeah. Christmas special in his trilogy. And then that'll be that for that. Absolutely. And, you know, that's fine. And then he'll just focus up on DC and yeah, who knows? Maybe that's the turn of the tide for them because we'll get to it later with Black Adam, but holy smokes, did DC never, never need to sort themselves out. And hopefully maybe James Gunn is the guy to do it, but like, wow, DC still, Mm. uh, you know, a mess, a mess. Mm. So, so yeah, uh, maybe this will, maybe this will turn it up. Who knows? It should, Uh, it should, right? Competition is good,
1: honestly.
2: I just think, yeah, I think James Gunn has the right attitude towards like what these
1: film properties and these characters, how should they, how they should be treated. When he comes to it with sort of an insider knowledge of the success model,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I always I do find him like edgy though in a way that doesn't quite like it works perfectly for Guardians of the Galaxy, like uh irreverent and edgy, and but it, that to me is not exactly what I want from my Superman. Yeah, <sighs> and I wonder well, but that man. doesn't mean he's going to apply it the same brush,
2: but like because like. He still has uh, executive producer credits on, you know, Endgame and and Infinity War as well, right? Right. He he still had a say in terms of how those characters fit together with these other characters. Yeah. So um, you can still have a character like Superman, you know, work, you know, with with quirkier characters in in a sense or with like, you know, a character like Batman, you Mm. know, you know, work with writer characters um it's just all in how you do it and i think he just has a good sense of how to how to get that done
0: okay well let's let's see how she goes it'll be interesting all right i sorry did not have
1: a moment to look at this article that paul sent that is a look inside damon lindelof's star wars movie um Damon Lindelof, uh, for my in my world, uh, was behind the Watchmen series on HBO, which I absolutely loved. Right. And yeah, so I guess he's working on a secret Star Wars movie. Paul, can you tell us more about this, please?
0: Yeah, there's not too too much more to tell actually, and to look into. Uh, Simply that just you know the big news is that there's more Star Wars coming that apparently is going to take place. After Rise of Skywalker, so we're moving forward in the timeline there. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the em- Emperor comes back this time, um, <laughs> as they continue to do redo the same thing over and over again. And in in terms of that, it's like it's almost like the timeline is speeding up. The loop is getting tighter because it looks like the actors Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, they're wanting them to come back. For the new ones But not as the stars But as the like Older characters Do you mm, know what I mean? Sure Like in the Passing way of the torch again Yeah So now they're gonna be The torch patchers Which is like These movies just came out Kind of wild Yeah Like You know like Yeah that. But but that's kinda and, and who knows Again nothing's confirmed And um, you know, John Boy I got famously a little bit of bad bad blood there about that character, but who knows, maybe they all can be lured back. I think they all said after Rise of Skywalker they were done with Star Wars, but maybe they'll come back and do some torch passing, who knows. Wild. All right.
1: The Doctor Who movies. 'll we'll be on Disney plus for us because we are outside the UK and Ireland there's a BBC and Disney branded television partnership uh, which will put those movies um, what movies I'm not sure about the movies there, I know I know the shows <laughs> there there are movies I'm sure there are movies Who. no
2: no it. no you just the the headlines is Doctor Who moves
1: oh Oh, great. This is great news. Sorry, I misread the headline. I put an I, put an, an I in there. Oh, this is huge then. That's wonderful and lovely.
2: A big thing happened in the latest finale, I, I believe. Of Doctor, Doctor Who, Who, really? Yeah. You're, you yeah. watched Doctor yeah, Who, Brian? Somebody
1: mentioned that. I didn't
2: watch Doctor Who, but no, like, you know, nerd things show up on my timeline. And
0: uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people are excited. Oh, great. Well, love that theme song. Love that there's 70 years worth of TV show to watch. Phenomenal, right? Love oh that. My love that the UK is like, ladies, either you get two short seasons and a Christmas special or you're just on for all time. This is how our TV industry will work. Well, right. What about like six seasons in a movie, maybe, or you know, ten seasons if we can swing it and make a bunch of money? No, no, these are your options. Quick and dirty, or this is your eternity? Decades long,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So Andy Dick has been arrested for felony burglary. Um, he stole some power tools. Ah. And, yeah, so he's just sort of another... The guy's not had a good year, it seems.
0: You no, know what else? Uh, that guy hasn't had a good couple of decades, it feels like. He's,
1: yeah, he's not had not a good while.
0: What's so. the year been like, bud?
1: Well, I'm trying to remember if this if uh, if this was this year that this happened. But I like I saw a uh, a live stream. Some guy who like daily live streams his adventures in an RV, Mm -hmm. and he actually has footage of Andy Dick getting arrested. I think this it was for this. Um, but, yeah, it seems like this poor guy has had uh, quite a run. and It's just not uh, – there's sexual misconduct stuff. Uh, there's uh, drug addiction. Um, yeah, poor, poor dude. He's uh, uh, not doing all that well. Oh, jeez.
0: I hate to hear it.
1: And finally, Robbie Coltrane's cause of death uh, is is out. It looks like multiple organ failure. He'd also been suffering from sepsis, lower respiratory tract infection, heart block, obesity, type 2 diabetes. So, um, yeah, it's uh, very sad. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. And that is all we have for Geek News Proper. We move to reviews and recommendations. Oh, I am going to try, because
2: I'm watching Black Adam tonight. Oh, so I think when I got to come home tonight, I'm going to try to write a movie review and then voice it tomorrow morning and then send it to you, Paul. So if you want to do
1: starting it, with Brian's 91 second movie review of Black <laughs> Adam, do
2: you want to do that again? So I'm not talking over you.
1: No, it's, just, <laughs> no, it's, it's hilarious. I
0: yeah, we will give that in there. let just like that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Maybe we'll put it in here. Maybe we won't. Uh, Art and I are going to try and get together and record. Ooh, ew, Brian, maybe do you want to record with Art and I a little Black Adam follow up tonight? Uh, it depends on what time. 'Cause like I'm watching tonight. So oh, probably duh. Get to later. Okay, okay. So maybe it might just be Art and I. Anyways, just keep listening to this podcast you're listening to to find out what we do when we decide to do it. Like right now. <laughs> it's
4: the most <laughs> disjointed podcast. Very cursed. And
0: now a zone at ninety-one three ninety-one second movie review.
4: Five, four, three, two, and
0: Action.
2: While it doesn't have the greatest track record I still firmly believe that DC's movie universe is one that's salvageable. Now do I think Black Adam is the movie that'll save it? Nah not really. I mean I'm a huge fan of Dwayne Johnson and find most of his movies entertaining and I guess that's how I would describe this movie. Black Adam is chock full of action and that made it pretty fun but for the most part there's nothing in Black Adam we haven't already seen before in other superhero flicks. So if you're gonna watch this don't expect a game changer by any stretch. It's a film that focused more on its action set pieces than it did on proper character development. Johnson can be pretty Charismatic in almost anything he does, but the underdevelopment of the supporting cast tells me that this project was more about stroking the star's ego than it was about telling a well rounded anti hero story. Black Adam introduces us to other superheroes, and some stood out a lot better than others. I really liked Pierce Brosnan's portrayal of Dr. Fate, along with Hawkman, played by Aldous Hodge. The two had great on screen chemistry, and I felt a little bit more invested in their characters over the other two side heroes. But what all of them seemed to lack was a proper backstory to strengthen that investment. It felt like true appreciation of these characters hinged on prior knowledge of the comics, but if you don't know the comics you're expected to care about their abilities and backstories through sporadic throwaway lines of dialogue that mostly fall flat. And while I appreciate how DC's latest projects simply drop us into a world of existing superheroes and villains, their biggest challenge will always be in developing characters we care about without making their films four hours long. Black Adam is far from great, but still gets a passing grade because of the entertainment factor. And while it doesn't all-out save the DCEU, with The Rock's help, fans can certainly
0: start to smell what this universe is cooking. Cut! That's a wrap! Here, back in the studio, what is this? It's the first time you've been here. You left a bunch of crap in the kitchen, right, you think?
4: Uh, I'd say lids. I I go home and I have a bunch of containers and no lids. And I'm like, where are the Uh, lids? They're here. I think I walked past the kitchen and I saw a few lids in there.
0: Take the lids if you want. And I'm pretty sure also there's a bunch of food. Did you leave like a box of Golden Grahams? Was that you eating cereal? Dude, that (laughs) might have been me. Yeah, and there's a honey bun in there. It's been in there for like, uh, yeah, yeah. You should go look at the honey bun. You didn't throw it out? I wanted to eat it a couple of times. (laughs) I've been so hungry. Look who it is, everybody. Art Aronson. Art and I had a little date last night to go and see Black Adam, and uh, he carts his ass on here to talk about it tonight. More effort than this movie deserves. (laughs) What did you think?
4: I didn't hate it. Me neither. And I think, but I think it, like, is in top five of DC movies. Yeah, I think you're probably right. What does that say for DC movies?
0: It's a mess, is what it says. The only thing I think that I like as soon as it started, and the acting is terrible, and it's just the rock shooting lightning, and everything exploding, and everything CG, and everything's a mess, and everything is like all the preambles very kind of ripped off from Lord of the Rings, and everything, there's it's just classic everything. Wizards giving powers. Okay, there's an artifact that's gonna cause a devil to happen. Ugh. I just was
4: like. The popcorn sure is good turn brain off enjoy and i did dude i love that you brought that up because this movie had nothing original (laughs) no 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 everything was stolen from somewhere yeah even the the justice whatever they were calling themselves because we need to be introduced to another league group whatever why didn't they bring us back the suicide squad or one of those others uh, the justice league even
0: right? I know. Yeah, the group of heroes in this one of like fourth or fifth rate (laughs) superheroes you've never heard of is called the Justice Society and it was so clunky. I was like, I
4: would rather you not give it a name. None of the characters were like fleshed out at all. They were just kind of thrown in there, which I didn't have a huge problem with and I thought that the actors did the best with what they had.
0: I agree. I agree. We can go down the list too. So first Top Bill, The Rock. This is The Rock's playground. He produced the damn thing and everything. That's he, my question for you. Did you
4: see The Rock or did you see Blackout?
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really became the character. The one from my imagination. Because he gave like 2,000%. I think he did too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know what he did a really good job of too? It's like he's very fish out of water, right? In the way that... Thor was in the first Thor movie. I kept thinking about that, but rather than kind of yucking it up for laughs, there's a few yucks, I guess, but he just is like, I don't care. This is an action movie. He's like the Terminator almost, you know? It's like there's a there's a smirk here or there, but no, he's about kicking ass and killing people, and that's really what he's there to
4: do. And he did that with great efficiency in this movie. And you, yeah. one thing that really bothered me in this movie, and it kind of bothers me in Marvel movies, and it shouldn't, But when you're talking about languages, Mm. I I was was like, this movie started off with a very like, you know, early, early, I don't know, whatever, thousands of years ago. Whatever, what did they say? Five thousand years ago, or something something like that. And you're speaking a language, and then here's the rock speaking perfect English, English, five thousand years later. Yeah, and it just I couldn't kind of shake.
0: And that's, that's a minor No, nah, I don't know. I mean, like, it can be easily explained <laughs> away. Like, I guess the wizards taught him, or no, 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 right? Like, <laughs> I guess that's one of his powers. He just learns a language. Um, but I thought The Rock was fun. I thought he yeah. did, did what he supposed to do, and it was fun as hell. And I believe him because it's The Rock. So I when he's. Just murdering people with his bare hands and you know flying everywhere and 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 like is that powerful? I'm just like I absolutely believe this and I love what you're doing here. I think it
4: needed better writing. I thought he was good, but I thought the writing he should have gotten some better writing because his character kind of like flip flop back and forth in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And it's like he keep he kept saying I'm not a hero. I'm like, well, you're kind of doing hero th- besides killing everybody. Right? He was doing hero things, so it's like, is he a reluctant hero? What is he exactly? Yeah. What's what is Black Adam exactly?
0: It's it was a bit it was a bit of a complicated arc for such a simple <laughs> character, if I agree with that. But you know, maybe that's <laughs> to the credit or not.
4: I, uh, I, I, I I was reading some of the critics about it who were <laughs> like comic book fan critics. Oh, okay. And they and they have a different kind of beef with the movie because I guess they were like The Rock obviously didn't read any of the comics. <laughs> no, we don't know that. Uh, and you know what he probably did, but he also like he has such <laughs> creative control over this movie. Uh-huh. Black Adam was whatever he wanted Black Adam to be, yeah. and that was a critique of the movie from them. Um, Pierce Brosnan,
0: from the moment he comes on screen, and like he was giving so much more than this movie deserved. <laughs> like his subtlety in his performance, his little facial ticks and everything—they're all just like deliberate choices. I feel as the actor, I was like, this movie doesn't deserve this performance. Pierce Brosnan was magnetic on screen with this
4: stupid movie. And you had a description, what adjective for him, what was it? Suave. He's, he's very suave. That's what he is in this movie. And his character, I thought the CGI was pretty good in this movie. Yeah? You know, I thought like I thought the heroes looked good. Yeah. And so they didn't spare too much expense in that. And Dr. Fate, I have no idea what Dr. Fate is, except he can see ahead in time. So he's like Dr. Strange-
0: yeah. Isn't he Doctor Strange? He's Isn't that Do- who he is? Yeah, yeah. is that what he is? That's the only one I got, yeah. He's Doctor Strange. rip off a ripoff there.
4: You know what? He even steals some of the same moves from Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's very similar. From Infinity War. Yeah. I think, like, there's an exact same scene. Yeah. He's a complete <laughs> ripoff. I did yes, he is. <laughs> <yes. laughs> <So>. That aside, <laughs> he was great, and then I said after the movie, I was like, Hollywood needs more Pierce Brosnan, because he's not in anything. No, I can't
0: remember the last thing I saw him in. What Thomas Crown affair? I'm sure he's been in things since then, but no, I loved him in this movie. And then, and then, the rest. Fine, but kinda bad. That was what you mean. It's like that's what this movie is. The rock, Pierce Brosnan is there, and the rest. Um can we go into spoilers here yeah. now? Let's do it.
3: Spoiler! Right Spoiler! Ah! Thank you.
0: Spoilers. So, what I love about this movie is that. I think they did it on purpose. They were like, we want you to worry about Black Adam. It doesn't matter who the villain is. It just is. So is he an antihero? Is he becoming a hero? Worry about that arc. We'll give you a monster to to punch in the climax. And uh, we're not going to even spend 10 minutes brainstorming it. Uh, it's a devil, uh, the the man, uh, and he puts on the thing and he becomes a devil. And so you get a devil with the same powers and then they
4: punch each other. That, 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 what, what should tell you anything about this is I thought the movie should have been over by the time we learned who the big baddie he was going to punch.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. They were wrapping it up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you got me hooked for a sequel. Like, Oh,
4: still going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh yeah. I guess we got to punch a devil now. Oh. Um, and <laughs> big CGI third act, which, nightmare. which every DC, every every comic book, not just DC, it's yeah. Marvel 2. Yeah. Every, every iteration of every comic book has this third act CGI to it, and With we got that.
0: A villain that, it, like, they gave him the tiniest bit of backstory. In fact, this was one <laughs> of my favorite parts, because this was a movie that, this is why I had such a fun time. I... Felt very comfortable in this mostly empty theater, you know, looking over at you and going, I wouldn't like something dumb would happen or awesome. And there's the reveal that this dude who's been like kind of a sheisty traitor, right? Turns out... He's the last descendant of the king who was bad all along. And so that I loudly <laughs> proclaimed to the theater. And I was like, of course. <laughs> didn't, see, right? didn't see that coming. <laughs> so they get, that's as much backstory as they gave him, but you otherwise don't give a shit. And then he turns into the devil. And then one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a stupid, stupid movie is the hero, Black Adam, rips the devil in half. Oh, my God. That's the movie. There's your movie, everyone.
4: What a scene.
0: Haven't you almost wanted to see a big, strong man take the devil by his horns and rip him straight in half?
4: Fuck yeah, here it is.
0: It's in Black Adam.
4: Uh, I like how his character, they didn't even do, they did didn't—they put no effort into making him look like the original character. <laughs> yeah. It's just a devil. Yeah. It's just a devil. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a devil.
0: It's red. He's got fire powers. <laughs> he's got horns. What do you want? It's the devil. Just watch him punch. Uh,
4: okay, so a lot of people are saying the best scene Mm. Is the after credits scene? Well, there, we're deep in spoilers we now.
0: Are. We are. So, what, what were your thoughts, Art? Right.
4: I had it spoiled for me. Oh Unfortunately. shit! Unfortunately, and I and I blame the Man of Steel himself for it because he came on and I saw a reel of it. <laughs> he came on and he's like, "I wanted everyone to see Black Adam before I like made this announcement." I'm like, "Well, why? Why? Why should it matter?" Yeah. Oh, he's clearly gonna be in Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> So, Come on, Cavill. <laughs> when the dialogue goes on between what's her face yeah. Waller, yeah, yeah. who's pretty good, she's pretty good. Really, every time she shows up, yeah. it
0: reminds me I'm watching a DC movie, That's and I'm right. bummed out. I'm like, oh, I don't. You're not the beloved Nick Fury type character you think you are. I don't like this.
4: That is what she is. Yeah, Nick Fury like character. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but then they start talking about, oh, and and Black Adam goes no one on this earth can stop me. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know what's coming up next.
0: <laughs> well, I was surprised. I I thought for sure in the after credits we would get uh, the, the red suit Shazam from the Shazam movie, the kid, right? Oh, fuck. The dude or who, whoever plays that, that adult comedian who's weirdly buff.
4: Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Zach or Le- er, Zach Levine. Uh, something Levy. S- something Zach. Levy? Something L name. Yeah, like I thought that was and okay. Set me
0: up as a sequel then, because we just saw the trailer for the second Shazam movie, and if the sequel to Black Adam or somewhere tied in there is them two are gonna fight each other. Okay, I guess I'm happy with that. And then freaking Superman walks in.
4: I think I think Shazam is not big enough for Black Adam. To Clearly, fight. I think that's what it is. Yeah, and the Rock is like, well, we need we need Superman for this movie. His seven bucks production was like, we need Superman. And they got him.
0: And so does that fill you with excitement that Black Adam 2 will be Black Adam and Superman punching each other for two hours?
4: Yeah, I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Can somebody... Okay, and I don't know, maybe it's going to be a little while before somebody listens to this because we spoiled the shit out of it. Yeah. But (laughs) Black... Black Adam, what's with the Shazam? Couldn't they pick picked any word, any word ever in the ether, but they had to pick a character's name, which they've already... But it's connected. Use? It's connected.
0: It? Yeah, it's the same wizards and the same powers and the same mythology and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: So they all have the same power.
0: Well, I guess I think like Bud would probably know because he likes this, right? <laughs> but I think that the point is that yeah, the wizards give that Black Adam, Teth Adam, whatever they call him, right, okay. the powers, and, right. Then, okay. and then and he was bad, and so they locked him up, and then they tried again with the p- Billy Kid in the in the present day. I don't know.
4: Okay, I, that that's good to know. I didn't I couldn't even follow it to that point. I was yeah. just like, "Oh, why are they using the same Shazam? Chis- oh, I should have put two and two together. So, there I you go. Or like again,
0: I loved it. See it with a friend, scream words, have fun, eat popcorn. Would you recommend Black Adam? Uh,
4: if you like people beating each other up, <laughs> then yeah. And I, I mean, not just beating, like we're talking like there there's some re- crazy scenes, people up in the air and Super or super punches, super punches. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. Super punches. I,
0: I don't know what it was. I saw a TV commercial. Saw him shooting lightning in slow motion and crumbling up a truck, or who knows the same some bullshit, same CGI nonsense that's in every movie these days. But for some reason, it sold me, and so, and I had fun. But see it in a theater with a buddy. Enjoy your popcorn. If you're dialing a, this up at home,
4: I think. How did you sell ro- it to your roommates? Sw- go- oh. How did you sell it? Like, I, I'm, I was very sure. I was like, how, why would anybody come watch this movie with us? Two ding-dongs.
0: She was kind of having a bad day, and I was like, you want, you want to see a movie? <laughs> I'll buy you a movie ticket if you want to come see a movie. Aww. She was like, what movie? I was like, it doesn't matter. So that's why she was there. I think, I think she had a fun time, too. I would love her honest opinion of that movie.
4: <laughs> I would love it.
0: So there it is, Black Adam. Thanks for coming in, Art.
4: Yeah,
2: thanks for having me. What do we want to do? Hmm. Do you want to like do you have another thing to review and recommendation, Paul? You
1: haven't seen Hot D yet? You oh seen yes,
0: reading? I
4: have.
1: <gasps> oh, but Bud hasn't. No. Well, so I'm happy like, to cans off while you guys talk about that. You it, just wave when you're ready for me to come
0: back. Just look for me to leave, because I gotta leave. Um I gotta leave in like okay. two minutes here. But so so cans off there, Bud. But uh what'd you think, Brian? Pretty good? Pretty good app? Ep-
2: yeah, pretty good episode. It it looked good. Beautiful too. Yeah. Like the whole thing was filmed so perfectly. The the dragon flying above them and that that yeah. like shot was so like that. When you see that dragon flying above them, it just kind of took my breath away. Like I gasped. I audibly gasped at that scene. Yeah. But uh, everything. I love that it takes place on Dragonstone. Yeah. Um, how they they overlaid the audio of her kind of in the middle of her miscarriage, like giving birth. Uh, with Damon um, in kind of the war room, just like looking at the map. And yeah. that like beautifully calls back to to Ringer's mom's, uh, what she was saying about like, our war room is the birthing room or whatever. She yeah, yeah. was saying that first episode, right? Like, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything I didn't like about this episode.
0: No, me yeah. neither. And you know who I'm? You know, we we started this season talking about how much how, how much of a shame it was to go from the younger to the older actors because we love mm. the young Renera especially so much. Yeah. Um I do I still I stand by that. I still she was so great, but like uh this this new Renera actor, oh god, I forget her name Emma something, right? Um Emma Darcy? Yes? I believe, I believe yeah. so, yeah. Who likes Negroni's Subligato with Prosecco. Do you know that meme? Mm. No. Oh really? There's this great meme where her and I think it's Olivia Cook who plays Allison, yeah, are just playing one of those like you know that that uh, funny questions game fishbowl that Jenny always brings to Rivlandia. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing that, and one of the questions is what's your drink of choice, and she goes uh, a Negroni, and then um, <laughs> Olivia Cook is like, oh yeah, yeah, moving on, and then she's like, sobrato. <laughs> and she's like, oh. And then she goes, with Prosecco. And then she's like, Bwah! And it like wow. went crazy on especially queer TikTok, apparently, because yeah. Emma Darcy's quite like, you know, the icon in that community. And so yeah. so then all of a sudden it was like, everyone is drinking Negroni Semplattos. I love that. <laughs> That's Prosecco's. so funny. And it sounds delicious, actually, too. It sounds like a great, yeah. great cocktail. I see clips from that interview all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's like
2: it's her and Olivia Cook just hanging out. There's one part of it where there, it's like I think the question is like, what have you gotten really good at on set? And then like Olivia Cook's like, oh, going to the bathroom in a corset, of course. <laughs> and then um, I, uh, Emma Darcy was trying to say something like hiding food in her costume. But she she said the the weird she said a weird like I had a weird choice of words. Like I think her choice of words was like secreting like food. (laughs) Yeah. But she said it like secreting. So she's like secreting food in the costume and Olivia Cook like was grossed out. Like what do you talk like like you shit your pants or something when Uh. you're (laughs) in costume? So those interviews are all all really good. Yeah,
0: yeah, they are having the time of their lives. Yeah, yeah, the episode's great. I'll just say too, like you know, we're used to Game of Thrones, and I, th- I, I think I was waiting for like, you know, episode nine, a huge battle, blow me out of my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then episode ten, something big as well, set up next season. But uh, you gotta remember too, like the first season, of Game of Thrones wasn't that the big thing. The yeah. big thing was Ned Stark's death right yeah. in episode 9. So and then and then episode 10 perfectly sets up season 2 and it's like oh that's all they're doing. They're just and and look at they did it in a pretty epic way. You mm-hmm. know, with mm-hmm. like the look on Amon's face, Amon's face yeah. when he realizes what he's done and started a war, really. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, that should tell you everything you need to know about season 2 and and again because of Emma Darcy's portrayal, I'm so all about um you know, uh, Renera again, I'm so on board with her and what she's done to try and, at this point now, stop the war from happening, or, yeah. or, or, or you know, and then, but now here it comes, and, you know, it's just going to be epic, and, yeah, it was a, it was a huge and great episode. Um, yeah, I love it. Oh, and
2: going back to what you were saying about Emma Darcy, yeah, that, that final look on her mm. face says it all, and, and that, yes, yeah, that yes. solidified for me. It was like, yeah, okay, I do miss, um, um, what is it, Millie... Alcott... Elginine. Millie Alcott, yeah, Alcott or, something, yeah. yeah. I thought she was great, but that look on Ranira's face yeah. as, as the moments kind of close and you get to the credits that says it all. And like, holy shit, she's gonna be a force to be reckoned with in yeah. the next uh, season. Yeah, and it is like that. It, it's a perfect setup to the escalation that is gonna be the Dance of Dragons. Right? Yes, like it, it's it's huge, and I, I like that. And I because that's this coming from somebody that's never read that um the, the nance dragons and it's just right. i am starting to know and realize things that are are about to happen yeah um and then that that dragon fight perfectly sets it up
0: oh and if we also the last thing i really gotta run but yeah if if we were mourning a little bit of the you know like uh oh, Game of Thrones happened like all over the realm and this is really only happening, you know, in King's Landing and Dragonstone, I think that we're going to ramp right back up. Season 2, like, the Dance of Dragons famously is the biggest conflict, the hugest, the Civil War, you know, that wrecked Westeros for a long time. And so I think in Season 2 we might start seeing other places. If that's what you want, you want to visit the Wall again, you want to visit the River Run or, you know, the Casterly Rock, whatever... Here we come. Here we come season two. And you two. see
2: that, too. Like, when they fire up that map on talking, Dragon, I'm something It go. was so cool. Yeah. That, oh, that's so that. cool! Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, bye.
2: I'm waving to Bud. Bud, 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 Bud. <laughs> Alright. Hey, Alright, my turn. Oh. Hi! Hey! So, um, I'm assuming... What's happening is that Kirsten is going to
1: just pop in at some point. Yes, uh apparently so. Yeah, she has her appointment and, and says she'll she'll hopefully join us later. Should um, we revisit the Marvel coming soon Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. We should. Okay. Um, yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp, quantumania uh February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Jonathan Majors, King about... the Conqueror. Holy crap!
2: Yeah, I think I have like uh, the most kind of notes that I've written down was on. Mania. can't wait to hear them go 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 please please so please. um what did you guys talk about in
1: we went over just the just the basics you know that the whole fam family is here and uh they are sucked into the quantum realm and then you hear jonathan majors's voice and yeah. here he is in a movie as kane the conqueror and kind of can't wait to see where this goes
2: so it's funny because i like how the, the you know some people either whether they're making fun of it or they are uh, excited for it, are comparing this to, like, Spy Kids. <laughs> because it's, like... It's really? Almost, it's almost like this... This It's like a Robert Rodriguez green screen thing. It's like um, everything's going to take place in a green screen room or sure. whatever. Um, I kind of uh, like this. So, like, the the city that they're showing... That, so, backing up into, like, the, the quantum realm, I think they're trying to make this... Like, in the comics, there's this thing called the Microverse. But I don't believe... Marvel Studios has the rights to be able to say that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they don't have the license. So that's why they turned, or maybe they do now, but may, like that's why they turned everything into, quote unquote, the quantum realm in the right. MCU. um So the city that we're most likely seeing, you know, it, uh, that they're visiting and it looks like a, a whole civilization, which is what Janet had said in the last.
1: Um, yeah, that's the part she didn't mention, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So the city that we're most likely seeing is the city of Chronopolis, which is a city that's ruled by Kang the Conqueror in the comics. Oh. is kind of cool. Um, If we go in terms of MCU timeline and not necessarily comics, uh, the things that have already been explained to us are mo- were mostly explained to us in Loki. Right. Um, in that last episode with Jonathan Majors uh, portraying He Who Remains. So oh. well done. We've, yeah we've already seen that variant of kang the conqueror in loki uh based on what was explained by he who remains in that final episode of loki uh the previous multiversal war was won by him and so he who remains established the tva to keep the timeline intact and to uh constantly like clip you know the branch realities and stuff and so Loki and um and Sylvie thought okay well this is bad because you're taking away free will so Sylvie ended up killing he who remains which then now there's nobody to protect against you know these protect realms. the timeline
1: basically yeah, yeah.
2: so um what had probably happened is that when he who remains won the previous multiversal war Kang was likely banished to the quantum realm
1: <gasps> okay
2: and- so in this story i think he needs ba- he basically needs scott's help to retrieve like i don't know like a macguffin uh in order to get out right like right and so out. there co- there
1: comes the bargain at the second half of the trailer
2: yeah so i'm assuming what's happened is that he's holding cassie hostage or something how? or 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 somebody's being held hostage and it's up to scott to um you know to steal this thing or whatever to mm-hmm. Uh, to help Kang so that he'll let them go. Wow. Um, so the, that's I, that's what I think is happening here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really kind of cool things that we're seeing. There's like some MCU connections. But yeah, so like the other things that I wanted to say is that like so Janet obviously seems to have known about
1: Kang and maybe even enca- encountered him before. Yep. Um, but that's always great for a, there's something I didn't tell you a uh, surprise in the next yeah, movie.
2: Yeah. One, well, cause at the same time too, to be fair, we never really saw a whole heck of a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer, um, no. in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And even in like, we, we just see her in Endgame, like in one scene, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's
2: not a whole lot of time that she's had to really explain what's been going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other things that I've like, well, the other things that I liked about this is that uh, just the kind of comic accuracy, obviously. Like, uh, we finally get to see Kang the Conqueror, and his, his look, his whole look is very, very comic accurate right out of the gate.
1: Is it great? Great. Yeah. I because uh, it, it almost looked like because there's that one shot where you've got um, uh, Scott and the Wasp. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, And Cassie, the daughter, and they're all in their suits. And Cassie's suit is kind of more, I think it's more blue. But uh, Kang has a sort of purple, kind of like that kind of suit, but not exactly. It's purple. Well, he has like, so you
2: see him in a shot where he's kind of being lowered and it's like a purple and green suit. Yeah. Uh, He's got like this helmet on and like the blue Face. Now Kang the Conqueror in the comics, yeah, he's he he had this like kind of weird like purpley helmet and a blue face. Um, with that purple and green outfit it seems like the blue face like the kind of comic accurate blue face is probably similar tech to like say the guardians of the galaxy or captain marvel like a face mask yeah so you can breathe
1: makes sense and is- then that yeah exactly that means that you can still have a normal colored face until you put this thing on Then boom you look like the comics yeah so that's that's kind of cool cassie lang's outfit uh
2: so she has a, her comic book persona um, as like a young Avenger, uh, she calls herself Stinger, and is nice. like, you know she's she's also wearing that like purple outfit. I think she has another yeah she has another suit, and she went by another persona, but Stinger I think is her main one. Cool, um, great name. And then uh, it seems like because like the the Ant Man suit itself as well seems like it's it's gone through some upgrades, and I think probably to to be able to explain away why like how he was able to get his suit on in the quantum realm when all that shit happened and
1: like definitely a question that i had it's probably nanotech yeah because i I mean everybody had them right so they probably just like always keep them in their pockets or up their nose or somewhere convenient yeah
2: yeah, shrunken down or it could have been just like yeah they they just are using that that the the nanotech that tony stark kind of introduced in infinity war
1: right so it's always sort of present yeah
2: and it like it looks like it has like an emblem in the middle so it could be like something like he you know like tony stark's nanotech suit you just he double tapped i love that yeah and then it it appears it could be something like that right
1: that would be great i loved that honestly i thought that was an underrated and very cool method of deployment of the armor
2: yeah for sure so there's going to be uh, some other confirmed characters and this is okay, and and I started writing this notes, but I was like started realizing, oh, this is cause hashtag I'm weak. And <laughs> I, watched, yeah. I watched some of the leaked trailers?
1: Oh, like, you and, did. Oh dude, you're on. so weak. I kind of oh, love yeah. it.
2: So there's like there's this really short um clip it in the leaked trailer showing Modoc. Like, M.O.D.O.K. is the really? character in this. Yeah. And, Interesting. And that kind of makes sense. If you're to introduce M.O.D.O.K., you, you'd you really want to introduce him in a place that has already ridiculous-looking characters. And, like, the thing sure. I like about them traveling to the Quantum Realm is that they can go kind of full-on Guardians of the Galaxy, almost space opera with this and that looks like what it looks like that's what they're doing is like they went into a bar that looks almost like the the cantina from star wars
1: sure right? yeah yeah sorry bird's eye view if uh, you don't know or don't remember or can't connect them modok is like the giant gray floating head with the yeah. tiny body uh, i just looked it up a uh, modok is an acronym for mental or mobile or mechanized organism designed only for killing yeah great Great comic. Honestly, this is the this was one of the things that I thought would never make it to an MCU movie, just yeah. because of the the campy ridiculousness of it. But yeah, color me wrong, maybe. Thing. Is, okay, so first of all,
2: with MODOK, have you seen the robot chicken esque um, show? Yeah. On, on Disney plots. It's, it's very robot chicken. So it, like, you you either love it or you'll just be very annoyed by it, but I it's thought silly. Some of it was funny. And it was like Patton Oswald that, uh,
1: Oh yeah. Patton Oswald is perfect for that.
2: Yeah. Character. So MODOK <laughs> M- is a very ridiculous character. Um, the, the big theory in terms of like Modoc and sort of his origins so that they don't really necessarily need to explain his origin. They're going to tie it in with an, a character we've seen in Ant-Man before, and that would be Darren Cross who plays or who becomes like the yellow jacket in Ant-Man one. Oh, Because if okay. you remember, if you rewind the, uh, to Ant-Man 1, you go back to his sort of, quote-unquote, death scene.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah.
2: Scott basically shrinks himself to disrupt his suit, and his suit kind of, like, like fucks him up a little bit. Like, he, he kind of crumples up and then, I don't know, enters the quantum
1: realm or whatever. Right, right. So, uh... God, I'd almost forgotten about that. That was great. He was a great... Uh, whoever played... Corey Stoll, he did a great yeah. job at the, as that character. So I'm willing to bet that he's going to be back, and but
2: he's going to be Modok. Like he's basically entered the quantum realm at that point in in the at the end of Ant Man. Oh, and now his face is his body's all messed up. He's
1: been there for so long; it's like diving for too yeah. long. So wild.
2: He's and I'm what I'm assuming is going to happen because we know that already that. You know the Kang Dynasty is happening. Like they, yeah. the, the next, that's going to be the big Avengers, and Kang and and Jonathan Majors is going to show up in a bunch of different properties. So we know that Kang is not going to lose in this. He's not going to be like the main villain that loses. Yes, I would exactly. imagine maybe like Modok could be like the side villain.
1: Mm, sure. Then that's the person, and that he's is. like the one who gets defeated in this yeah. particular film. Yeah, he gets yeah.
2: defeated, but Kang kind of lives on. Um, I'm also wondering if this is gonna like really set up the stakes for Kang. I'm wondering if this is gonna be the last Ant Man movie, and maybe Paul Rudd doesn't make it out of this. <gasps> oh, wouldn't oh, no, those
1: be okay. some stakes? Um, yeah like the the way they're building jonathan majors i hate to do a direct comparison but it's sort of like your next big bad yeah. your next kind of thanos level um but i mean what a guy to do it yeah oh yeah very much so uh and then the uh the
2: last thing though oh bill mary also plays this character named krylar who's this very small side villain in the comics i think he's only showed up in one like hulk comic so but then whenever they show like very not important side characters yeah that always makes way for some nice like comedic
1: uh you know actors to get in there and sure and make that makes fun. sense that's great i like that
2: uh and then the, uh, the last thing i wanted to talk about with that is that there are a lot of like different mcu connections that you see in the trailer like um there's a lot of like say the walls and the machinery you see has these sort of patterns like these circular kind of patterns Um, On various items and those patterns it seems like we've seen a lot of those patterns on like the ship and the clothing of the Eternals okay okay there there could be some you know some connections there like maybe um like Harishim those like the the big Celestials and stuff maybe they're they're originally created by Kang or yeah
1: we kind of wondered if um the Eternals would be persona non grata but I mean they appeared the, 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 the um Celestials, anyway, seem to have appeared in the latest uh, Thor. Thor, so yeah. they're it's they're not gone yet.
2: Yeah, uh, and then uh, there's also other things like you. So you see a lot of like tech kind of flying around, like glowing, like rings or like rings with like this these glowing things in the middle of them, yeah. which harkens back to both Shang Chi. And, uh, also like, also there's like, cause like in Shang-Chi that had like, there's like a beacon from the post credit scene. And it's like, we don't know. It looks like a beacon that's turned. on.
1: Right. Off. Oh, I so forgot it, all about that.
2: It could be something like a beacon into the quantum realm kind of thing. Uh, and then there's also like the, like Miss Marvel's glowing bangle. Oh, sure. Sure. So those could be like artifacts that can connect to some of the visuals oh, that we're smokes. seeing in the trailer.
1: The possibilities. This is so great. Yeah. Oh my that's God. That's all no, no, that's all. That's all you have, Encyclopedia Britannica. Thank you again. These yeah. are amazing. Oh my god! Uh, do you have four pages of color-coded notes on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special?
2: No, and just that, just that. I, I cannot wait for them. I'm oh so happy that you're doing this. And then, so the other thing too that. Is this that the, the 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 Marvel special presentations in general? I think are going to become an important part of these next
1: phases of the MCU. And I hope so. You know that it's it's a great um, format.
2: Yep. And just because this is a holiday special, doesn't necessarily mean that this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I think that a lot of this is going to take place
1: uh, in the events of uh, like after um, Endgame. Well, I think it's just like Paul said. Yeah, don't disregard these smaller characters, or in this case, these smaller shows, yeah. because it doesn't mean they're any less important.
2: Yeah. So I think that you know, you, we'll we'll definitely see some things. We'll we'll definitely see like a, a more grown up version of Groot. Maybe yeah. this special is the special that explains how he gets Gamora back, and that's not necessarily going to be the you know guardians of the galaxy volume three is gonna is not even really gonna touch just finding gamora right maybe that's gonna be in this in this holiday special who knows right like wow there could be some things that like that push the the plot of the greater mcu forward Mm -hmm. that's gonna be cool i love that they they have kevin bacon in this
1: oh my god that the funniest part of that whole trailer to me was and introducing kevin bacon just like oh my god you guys yeah i love it so much um so funny yeah
2: so that's gonna be fun i i really really dig that and we're gonna see cosmo and,
1: and yeah so yeah that's phenomenal and uh yeah the black panther wakanda forever trailer which i did not watch and do not want no spoilers for yeah um
2: so i saw that i I don't want to talk about any of that stuff just because there is great. i think uh was it you that emailed us Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he's dead on with... So, the, like, there is a scene in there that really would explain or, or basically spoil who the the next... Who's in that Black Panther suit. And that's so, why I'm not watching it. Perfect. Yeah, definitely don't watch that. There is something, though, that they released yesterday. Uh, Was this the title what, treatment? Yeah, well, I don't know what day this podcast gets released. But yesterday, before I went on the air so tuesday i saw yeah tuesday before i went on the air at six o'clock i saw that marvel had posted something and it was black panther wakanda forever like a f- three four second little video mm. animated video of the title uh it had the date 10 28 22 so yeah. october 28 2022 and then the Everything except for oh, the R. Oh, God.
4: Oh, um, God. No.
2: a forever was isolated. So I don't know what that necessarily means. That's a spoiler as far as I'm concerned. What's the spoiler? What, R is Riri, right? It could be. Could be. It could be. But, like, so what's going to happen on October 28th with
1: the Sorry, R? Sorry, Birds of You, Riri Williams, Ironheart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So do you think we're getting? Because like my my guess is that yeah maybe we're getting a a trailer with some special footage of Riri Williams.
1: Actually yeah that would make sense if she was also next Black Panther. Maybe so we're maybe not. Getting,
2: no 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 I don't think it's I don't think that's not saying it's Riri's going to be the next Black Panther. Yeah no.
1: no which which makes no sense. But for a split second that's what I thought it was. A oh weird no no thing to do. No this is because this is not the trailer. This is not the trailer. Yeah it's just no, title. this is
2: the the title treatment that was posted on Tuesday. Um, so this. It begs the question what we're going to get from from Black Panther. Are we going to get a special presentation about mm-hmm. Williams, maybe Ooh. explaining her backstory? That's, yeah. like, the big hope is that – because October 28th, that's a Friday. Right. It's usually when they drop new things on, on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that, or maybe we'll just get a trailer with some Riri Williams footage. I just know that in the latest trailer of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, there was a couple of shots of Riri Riri Williams making a new Iron Man suit or Iron Heart suit for herself. Yeah. Um, So, I, and there's like a lot of hype behind that. So, I was like, I'm thinking, well, maybe they're going to do something with her
1: if it's like R. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's certainly what it points to in my brain. Yeah, she's not going to be uh, the next Black Panther. No, no, of course No, that 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 no, that's great. My panic is, is over on that. One. <laughs> what a weird thing to do, you know, and I, like I say, I'm, I'm sure Marvel is is smart and clever about this stuff. And I'm sure there's there's things in the comics that simply people will simply know what what the eventuality is, but uh, maybe not.
2: We'll find yeah. out. Wouldn't that be awesome, though, if they secretly filmed something like a, an hour-long special?
1: Oh, my God. That'd everybody. be huge because I would I would, yeah, I would love that Ironheart story. Yeah, and more backstory to the movie before the movie yeah. would be so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be great. So did you
2: finish House of the Dragon? I did finish House of the Dragon, so Paul and I talked about that. Oh, great.
1: Oh, that's right. That's why I left. Why left. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, I did not finish Rings of Power. That's great because Art is not here and Kirsten is not here. Uh, I have finished it. It'd be great for all of us to talk, uh, definitely to talk about this series. Perfect.
2: Yeah. And I want to hear uh, the your review that you've been putting off for the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, so I consumed an audiobook uh okay. it's called Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo and it's by Reggie Fesime who was the president of Nintendo of America until uh his uh retirement a couple of years ago and he was like <sighs> so i i got the audiobook and there's a real point to this like yes i can read a book but i do love an audiobook A lot of, because I, his voice is great. His delivery is so distinct. You know, you'd see him on all the videos and you would just know he's very, um, I won't say careful. He's just very clear in his delivery. And you always knew it was a Reggie because he's just, he's just so polished and so there. So this is read in his voice. And I absolutely love that. Um, and yeah, so it he recounts his time at businesses that he worked at before Nintendo. He was at Procter and Gamble and Pizza Hut and and Panda Express. Um, and he he perfectly describes the moments before his his debut, uh, his Nintendo debut at E three two thousand four. This was like totally meme worthy because this guy that we've never seen before walks on stage and says my name is reggie i'm about kicking ass and taking names and we're about making games and the internet was like what (laughs) you know it was just so ridiculous and good um and yeah he his time at nintendo was Probably the most influential Nintendo of America has ever been on Nintendo of Japan, uh, particularly with the president at the time, Satoru Iwata. Um, uh, he was the president of the Japanese version, like of of Nintendo, basically, um, and it starts out as more of like a like a business book than a memoir and I kind of appreciated that because he's he goes through these lessons your first like personal lessons then as a worker and a manager and an executive all before Nintendo and he summarizes all of these things with what he calls the the so what which are very handy bite-sized recaps of like the key message of the chapter and Mm -hmm. it gets to his time at Nintendo about a third of the way through the book which I appreciated because I fully respect what got him there but Nintendo is how I know this guy so I wanted to hear that part so So yeah, until Reggie, Nintendo of America was pretty much just a marketing arm of Nintendo Japan, but Reggie actually made some substantial decisions that affected both the American and the Japanese operations while he was there, uh, even before he was president. And the guy really shook things up. And um, so I highly recommend it, not just because it's a great book, but I got to the acknowledgements chapter and I glanced down at my phone and it's like an hour and six minutes and I'm like... What? I am not sitting through an hour and six minutes of acknowledgments, but it was only a couple minutes of acknowledgments. And it turns out that the rest of the the audiobook is this fairly off-the-cuff interview with Jeff Keeley, who is a he's Canadian. He's a renowned gaming journalist. And it's just a nice casual back and forth where they talk about a bunch of things um that they did or saw together. Um, because Jeff Keighley was responsible for a number of really cool Nintendo moments at E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Um, like when the top executives were all turned into uh, stop motion characters with robot chicken. Um, oh, yeah. They did a great video with Mega64 where Reggie was like uh, the Reginator. He was like a robot version of himself um, that was being ro- remote controlled to like, steal secrets. Yeah. Um and they were all turned into Muppets by the Jim Henson studio for an E3 video. And this apparently was also thanks to Jeff Keely. So wow. um bonus content in an audiobook is cool. So don't discount it. It's a it's a yummy milkshake. Nice. And I'm sorry, yes, I've been meaning to talk about that for about a month and a half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> podcast is so it. long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just kept tabling it till the next one. Um, but anything else for the pod? Uh, I Brian. don't have anything. Um, interesting. I thought Kirsten would be here by now. Too. Me too. What a weird pod.
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's the other thing too is that it's oh, all shoot. Is Paul in the Paul's screen? Yeah. There's I nobody in that room point. that is recording us right now. No, they're recording. I
1: think like, I think Paul didn't hit stop on the recording. Well, I'd hope not. Otherwise, we're talking for nothing. But who's going to stop it and save it? Because there's exactly. nobody in that room. Oh we my need god! Somebody to
2: stop it and save it right now. <laughs> um maybe we should check in with kirsten on the chat oh boy that's um because like ideally i'd love for her to be able to um talk lord of the rings with you Mm -hmm, and then i could just kind of decan like I'll,
1: i'll just hop off yeah but but if not it'd be great to schedule something with art and paul if he's seen it and then you if you've seen it by then but um yeah
2: I don't know if I'll have seen Lord of the Rings, and uh, like it's gonna. Oh, you're be, that
1: far behind. I'm that far behind. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's me in House of the Dragon. So yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, there she hey! is. Hey, beautiful! I love it. Great timing.
3: My mic's not on. Okay, now it is. I've got to put my headphones in. Where's Paul? Yep. Don't answer that question. I can't hear you. What are we doing? <laughs>
1: Thank goodness. Oh, this worked out very well considering how cursed this podcast has been for scheduling and recording. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There she is. Hi, Kirsten.
3: Oh, why <laughs> Where? we
1: Paul's we in just... his uh Paul's in his program DM program. What? <laughs> so we had to go like twenty minutes ago. So Brian and I I finally got out my review of the Reggie May novel. And um and yeah, we and then Brian like... and I stopped and were like
2: we were hoping that is like, oh, hopefully she joins, and then <laughs> even at, in the very least to stop the recording and save the file before Dylan gets in <laughs> and closes everything down.
3: Yeah, he's just like, we don't need this. This looks right. this yeah. doesn't like close. Important. Don't save. Oh god, no. this was Paul's whole operation, and he had a heart out.
2: He did. Yeah. Well, he he's always. I think he always had a heart out. Or no, it was yesterday. Afternoon his uh PD mentor program session got rescheduled to oh now ish. Uh, Of course.
3: Cool. So do do we want to podcast some more? Are you guys done?
2: I would love (laughs) for you guys, I'm going to um de headphone and then I'd love for you guys to talk about Lord of the Rings.
3: Yes. Oh, I'm so sad Paul's not here and Art's not here for this, but like we could talk about it and then re- re-talk about it. It'll yeah,
1: start. yeah. It's just, it, it's been a long time since this series, not a long time, but it's been a bit since this series has ended and we should talk about it on this podcast even if it's just with the two of us to start. Okay. You guys just give me a wave when you're done. Okay. 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 Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, The Rings of Power.
3: Oh my gosh, bud! I am so excited to, that you loved the show as much as I did because
1: loved this show. Yeah.
3: I just thought it was incredible. And before I'd watched the finale, I saw this article come out. Uh, oh my gosh. It's one of like the British, like the, the independent or it was one of the big, oh, yeah, big sure. British, but kind of like tabloidy leaning ones. Yeah. Um, it, The, the headline was something like now that the rings of power is over, can we talk about how much it sucked? And I was like, what? Who? And then the whole thing was just like, Oh, here's another From word. From something as big as the Independent? That's brutal. <laughs> here's another word that I don't know how to say property properly. Oh, yeah. Lambasting? Is that?
1: Yeah, lambasting. Oh, okay. Yep.
3: Not lambasting?
1: No. So it was, it was lambasting by the press, Lambasting
3: yeah. it. And it was like, it went as far as to call out Bear McCready's score and how Are you much- kidding they me? They hated it and they were like, not everything has to be so ep- like." Thank Come you. on. Oh, I'm so glad that we can fan about this because Ugh. Bear McCready's score.
1: Oh geez.
3: Amazing. Like and you are, you are You're more of a music score that kind of person than I am. But like like I said when I saw the first episode, I thought that it was who was it? Howard Shore that Howard did, Shore. Yeah. I thought and it isn't was, that
1: a, isn't that a great thing, hey? And yeah.
3: And I thought his score was amazing. I yeah, thought Bear
1: McCready, oh, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. And there's there's a number of times watching the thing where I'm just I'm so into it and I'm so feeling it and I've got the giblies and I've got the goosebumps. Dude. And I'm like, oh right, you know, yes, there's the action on scene, but this is set by the music. He Season did a phenomenal job.
3: Or episode seven or eight, the one where they leave Numenor and like the the ships are all leaving. I was yeah. watching that and I, my mind, I was like, what? Am I watching? This is insane. Super
1: good, super good. But I
3: I gotta say, like, I don't know. There's all these people like laughing, be like, "Oh, Bezos paid so much money for this, and he got crap." And I just, I'm so glad that there's somebody else that enjoyed this as much as I did because I'm reading these things and I'm like, "What did you people watch?"
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, here's the thing: I fell off a house of the dragon. I really enjoyed the story. I'm gonna go back to it. Obviously, there's so much. There's never a shortage of things. but I continued with the rings of power because it was a, a lot less like like pounding, pounding on my mind. There were yes. just these these simple areas. There's a lot less going on, but it wasn't any less important, you know? And it was a world that I am familiar with and enjoy being with. Cause as you say, it's like the high elf or the high fantasy kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was really enjoyable being there. And, you know, Galadriel and like well, so like most of the mains did Fantastic jobs. And then the huge twists at the end that I would just,
3: wow. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Before we get to the huge twist, uh, let me just say one more thing about the show in general. Is that a lot of the time these Amazon shows, like I've been like, their graphics sucks. This sucks. This this Amazon show, the graphics are amazing. The hair, makeup, everything. like Oh, yeah. Phenomenal, and I feel like anybody that was a fan of Lord of the Rings that is watching this and doesn't like it forgets what Lord of the Rings was because it was that high fantasy, and we're just so used to Game of Thrones in the middle, and then you, you know, because sure, that was twenty years ago when Lord of the Rings came out. So we're but used shows are to... allowed to be different from each other, yeah. But I think you know? I think people remember that fantasy world, and they think of Game of Thrones. So when they get thrown back into this kind of like. Very high fantasy, which seems very, it almost seems laughable. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not laughable, but I could see how people could watch the show and be like, This is stupid.
1: Wait, because it's not following like the the 2010s, 20, 2020s sort of like gritty realism. Yeah, because uh, is it's, that so, why?
3: it's so fantasy. It is so yeah, yeah. fantasy, right? We are allowed fantasy. We are allowed oh, to have these. It is, you painful. know. And oh my God! And I'll tell you what too—the the casting of um, Elrond by the end, I was like, I love this guy. Like at the beginning, I yeah, was I like, know Your you weren't a huge weird. fan at the
1: beginning, right?
3: No, and by the end, I was. I, I think was it like, was his
1: facial structure Ugh. that really sort of set it off, but yeah. nailed, yes. nailed that character, nailed the friendship. Yes, um, and, and with like the whole family,
3: the whole like Ugh. a very young Elrond, right? Like he still has so many years to grow and learn to turn yeah. into the Elrond we know. Okay, anyway, these twists. These twists got spoiled for me before I saw the last episode. Oh,
1: no, I'm so sorry. That
3: sucks. Somehow avoided all the spoilers. So here we go. Spoiler, I'll put F8, there we go. Big spoiler. Spoiler! Thank you. Is that Halbrand is Sauron. So that is the spoiler yeah. I saw when I was on episode six. Oh, no. Now, it was interesting to me, though, knowing that spoiler, watching the last four episodes. Right. And trying to reconcile that.
1: Did you see him differently? Did you see hints? Or is it the kind of thing where it'll be really obvious on a second viewing?
3: I don't think so. What was weird to me in that final episode, when Halbrand comes in and he's like oh maybe you can do this to make the rings i was like okay it's like he's suddenly turned devious because i knew for four episodes that he was going to be revealed as sauron but it was like in that last episode suddenly he was devious and i was like like "Uh,
1: uh." when he came in and he's got the suggestions that's cool because he's done all that, right? He's done the hard work. He was the, he's got his little prester or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. It did seem for him to like impart a piece of knowledge that, you know, master of all masters hadn't thought of to, to stretch the, the mithril uh, was, was a little suspect and makes sense afterwards. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was just like,
3: huh? Yeah. And he just like, there was a kind of like, it's, it's almost like maybe the music was slightly different. It was like that episode, the turn was very weird yeah. f- for me. Yeah. And now I am a little confused how he is Sauron. Like, I'm mm. a l- I'm a little confused. Like, is, does Sauron have a human form? I mean, I guess this is what this, this was is going to explore, yeah. is like how he turns into, you know, the eye and the mouth and the... Yeah, Whatever. yeah, because Sauron, Sauron seems to be
1: way so much more than a than a human flesh body skeleton, like, mm-hmm. puppet uh, out on the water kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, how in the world did we get from there... To the all seeing eye.
3: And then the other question that came from the other big reveal, which I called (laughs) in the first episode, and it was so good. And again, it was like a scream at my TV moment is when you have the stranger, the one that's been hanging out uh, with the Harfoots. He makes mention of like if you don't know where you're going, then you follow your nose. And yes. if you remember, that is what Gandalf says to Pippin yeah. when they're in the mines. And it's just like it's fucking Gandalf. Like But
1: it's 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 totally the the most amazing misdirect, which you saw yeah. straight through. Yes. Because dude falls from the sky and has some like crazy evil presenting powers. Yes. Turns out to be coming to be Gandalf. So amazing.
3: this is my question. I would love if art was here because I have not read the Simulrillion. But Mm. I'm wondering if there's precedent for there to be kind of like Star Wars. Like, is there precedent for there to be balance? So this great evil has come into the world and that's why this wizard has been sent. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because also Paul would know this if the wizards are the Ishtar as well. Oh, no. Ishtar means wizard. Um,
1: yes. Yeah. But
3: I think that Sauron is part of the Ishitar as well, and that's why those people were confused. Exactly. And well, thought that Gandalf I, was Sauron.
1: When they realized it, they said he's an Ishitar, mm. and 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 so at that point. That, that's, that was the big twist for me because I, I didn't know what it meant, but I knew that it was not what they were expecting. I love those three, by the way. They're oh, they very so cool, creepy. especially yeah. that that one with the shaved head. So cool. Yeah. Such cool people. Such cool weaponry. Um, yeah. So I, that was sort of the turning point for me. when I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they've got this all wrong. Um, but yeah, so but I, I agree. I think Sauron did have some connection there. Um, but yeah, which again would make it why the three confused.
3: I mean, oh gosh, there's so many other things that I want to talk about uh, about this that I'm I'm now forgetting. But just so many cool things like that. I feel they're setting up like Galadriel. Like maybe you wonder in Lord of the Rings, like why is she not more involved in this fight? Like why are the elves like why is Elrond and Galadriel not? And then you can kind of see them setting it up here. Is that because the power? will consume them. Like you see Elrond at the end figures out that Halbron was Sauron because he finds that scroll and he comes yeah. up to stop them from making the rings. He's like, we can't yeah. do this. And the moment he sees those rings, you just see his face change and it's like the the power. And right, that's why Galadriel, that's that the whole scene about like, don't offer it to me. And
1: Yes. Know. Yeah. Um, they so, know.
3: So it's like we're setting up all of these things about the elves and and what's happening there and like oh my god they're setting up everything with the dwarves and why the dwarves and the elves hate each other so yes, much. yes yeah it's amazing oh I mean there's uh, yeah. so many little Easter egg things that I would love to talk about but I just like can't even remember them off yeah the top so much of more I'm sure than
1: I even noticed
3: you oh know. like um oh what else I don't know <laughs> like but I, in general
1: was, phenomenal show
3: I I. Absolutely loved it. I want to go now that I've, I've finished it and read a good review because I'm hoping there's good reviews out there. There
1: have to be. It can't
3: just be you and I that are in love with this show.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> oh, Gandalf, that like that little line. And like the thing is like, oh, oh here's God. the other thing that I, that I love that is kind of like a cool setup. And which was what I was saying about why I thought that the stranger was Gandalf all along. Is because Gandalf always has a thing for the Hobbits. It's really freaking weird, right? Like he's yep, like, obsessed yep. with Hobbits. Um, <laughs> so it makes sense that he was saved by a descendant, the Harfoots, yep. and that he has this connection with the Hobbits, which if you read the Lord of the Rings, there are races that don't know Hobbits exist, right? Like they are so right. inconsequential to Middle-earth yep. that people are like, what are you? I don't know what you are. <laughs> and then yeah. here's Gandalf like a, A big wizard, a huge consequence in Middle-earth that's, like, obsessed with these hobbits. The
1: biggest proponent of this almost unknown race of creatures, yeah. So
3: it makes sense that, like, he has this huge soft spot for them.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
3: Oh, and then I had, like, a thought about why Sauron has a blind spot for the hobbits, and now I can't remember what it was, but...
1: Um, it might be what you just said they're mm -hmm. so inconsequential how could they possibly be well
3: and that's that is but I was like trying to there was like some connection I made and I was like oh and this is why Sauron doesn't even know about the hobbits like he doesn't even care about them and I don't remember what it was now but uh, the other cool thing that I like is like the Harfoots always on the move right that is their thing stay on the path blah blah blah
1: true nomads always
3: go on the move Whereas the hobbits don't want to go anywhere. They want to stay there. They don't want to go on adventures. That's they're right, like... too. It's <laughs> So it's like the Harfoots are going to, I feel like, get to a point where they're just going to stop and be like, okay, hey, that's too many adventures for us, and that's going to set... Why the hobbits, like the precedent of why
1: that'll begin hundreds the evolution of years of the hobbits. down the
3: roads, why hobbits don't go anywhere, and why hobbits don't like adventures,
1: yeah, because one too big of an adventure happened, and they're like,
3: eh, maybe we're okay
1: right here where we are,
3: yeah, and it's and it's just like little tiny things like that anyway, oh yeah, that reveal'm I'm, I'm, I'm very confused by it still. I still don't understand how. Halbrand is Sauron. But it's funny because when Art was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was talking about, well, there's these two characters in here who aren't in the similar and, and one of them was Halbrand. So that's really right. interesting how they've written yeah. that in.
1: So I'm gonna read you a quote from on the Shoulders of Hobbits by Lewis Marcos, which is, the reason Sauron has not guessed the true purpose of the fellowship is not that he is a fool or even that he is prideful, but that he simply cannot conceive that someone would willingly forsake power. Mm-hmm. He is completely blind to the ways and motivations of goodness. Such light is too bright for his darkened eyes to fathom. Oh. So.
3: Oh. That's, a, okay. This is another thing that I loved is, so Tolkien, a lot of his writing... Was about how even somebody so evil can be thinking that they're doing good. It's like the path to goodness sometimes um, is like wrought with evil. Like, and that was what he was trying. Like Halbrand and Sauron was saying, "It's like I am not here to uh, ruin Middle Earth. I'm here to save it. Like save save it. Yeah, they always
1: think that. Yeah."
3: And that is, like, a big theme in The Lord of the Rings is about, like, true goodness is by, you know, doing good and not doing good by way of, oh, well, actually, you know, I'm going to get this goodness done easier if I do this one bad thing in between.
1: Right, exactly. It'll 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 even out.
3: You're and fine. it's fine. Like, Gandalf is, uh, like, I'm very curious about this relationship between Gandalf and Sauron because it seems like he's the balance and I wonder I thought what they were alluding to and, w- and what I actually thought was that the stranger was going to be the good part of Sauron like I thought that the reveal oh, was going to be interesting. that Sauron when he was defeated kind of got like right. split in two and yep. there was like hit the actual good part of him that did want to save Middle Earth and do good and then yeah. the, the bad part of him and he was split apart right. um, but oh, man. Yeah, and so I still kind of wonder if they're going to tie those two together a little bit more.
1: I don't know. I don't know how, but that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I have one lingering question. Yeah. Um. The 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 king, I guess, the queen's father, yeah. Palantir, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whose name is the same as the eyes. Yeah, I wonder the, the, if
3: they named the eyes the after him, though. Yeah,
1: I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's yeah. this seems to be where it came from. Yeah. At the very end, he sends some poor hapless soul up to look upon the Palantir. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what do you think happens to her? Cause we have no clue. Like oh. it, she, she, she takes, you know, she takes the, the cover off of it and it cuts right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like uh, that poor person, what has become of you?
3: Oh, that's really interesting. Isn't she the sister of one of the dudes that got sent from Numenor that went to Middle Earth?
1: Shoot. I don't know if she was anyone. She's either a sister
3: or like a fiance or something. Like we'd seen oh, her before. Shoot. Um, yeah. The one, one of the ones that died. Oh, also, what the hell? Um, uh, Isildur is not dead, right? Like, what the hell?
1: Isildur is not dead. <laughs>
3: well, unless they're, unless they're like gonna, like, someone's gonna have a baby and name it Isildur in the future. But, like, we know, like, Isildur's not dead, right? Yeah. He's, he's got, yeah. he's got to come back and cut the ring off. He's got something
1: kind of important <laughs> yeah. to do or not do, as it were.
3: Um, uh, but yeah. I also wonder if that queen, now that she's blind, I yeah. wonder if she can touch. The palantir. And like, oh, that's like, huge. Because she can't see. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right, right. So I wonder can't if that will come eye. in
3: somehow. But yeah, you're right. I totally forgot she went up there and, and what oh, happened. But has Sauron corrupted them yet? Because he did say something about them and uh, what had happened with? Them. I think he
1: has only in the way that the king, the king Palantir mm-hmm. was has has been in his final days. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's freaked out about something. He's affected by something. Yeah. He's he said his brain was all confused and model and everything. I think that is because <laughs> of what is happening through the Seeing Eyes.
3: The other sorry, the meme that I wanted to send the other day, but I didn't want to spoil for Brian oh, was. It was a meme of Halbrand coming back, but with, like, a mustache on his face. And, like, coming Nobody back recognizes. to uh, Kellerimbor or whatever. Kellerimbor. Yeah,
1: yeah Kellerimbor.
3: Kellerimbor. And it was, like, Hallebrand coming back to Kellerimbor to sh- show him the secret to make the rings he forgot to make or something like Amazing. that. Amazing. Like, because they've That's only made great. three rings, right? And the thing is that... yeah. There's more than three rings. We know that. And they're all supposed to be forged by, well, there's three for the elves, seven for the dwarves, and nine for the human lords or whatever. Um, And then the one ring, of course. Of course. So the elves are supposed to make these rings. So I wonder if what's going to happen is they're going to find out they made the rings. The elves are going to be, or sorry, the dwarves are going to be like, excuse me, you used the Mithril and you made these three rings of power? We want that now. And then I just, I wonder how that's all going to happen. And and really it was the elves all along that kind of fucked everybody because they could have stopped it. They could have not made the rings, you know?
1: Totally, totally. Yeah, and how it gets to the men is even a bigger story. But
3: Yeah, (sighs) but we got three rings of power. It's very interesting. I loved the explanation about the mithril and how it had to be in a ring shape so it could reflect off each other for the power and So good. Yeah. Like a crown?
1: No, smaller. Yeah. Uh.
3: That was very good. I'm still confused about like the Valor and the Velindor and I was always confused about that in Lord of the Rings too, like at the end when they sail off. Uh, yeah, like, they take everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was always confused about that in the book. I was like, I don't understand the metaphor here. Going? Like, are they dying? Is it actually another land? Yeah. Like, why do they not want to leave so much? And then when the movies came out, I was like, it's finally going to explain what the heck is happening here. And it doesn't. They just put Damn. them on a boat and they leave. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't get it. But I'm, I'm sure there's <sighs> a metaphor there. Anyway, should we wave at Brian? Do you have anything yeah. else?
1: I don't, but okay. thank you. Brian. Hello. And then thank that you your person patience.
3: was... No, sorry. Was <laughs> Welcome. Uh,
1: oh, thank you. That was a good long chat. That was uh, excellent. We're going to obviously revisit this uh, more when we have uh, a Paul and an art, but uh, boy, oh, Bob. Great series.
3: One question. Brian, have you finished House of Dragon? Yes. Okay. I haven't uh, because... Like Bud and I were just saying, this, we got so lost in the world of Lord of the Rings. I did not want to sully it with the terrifying, horrible, stark reality that is House of Dragons. So that'll be next on my horrible things to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian and Paul had a good chat and I decanned for that. So cool. Well, anything else for the pod, my friends? <laughs> <laughs> this has been quite the uh, disjointed. Uh, oh my God, has it ever? Okay. Well, Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet?
3: Oh, at kirsten.james. And also, hopefully, tomorrow when this podcast comes out, you'll be able to see Brian and I make a haunted house together. If you go to yep. thezone.fm slash, but I don't video,
1: know. Video, I think. Make a haunted
2: yeah. house or just make lean two Kit Kats <laughs> up against each other.
3: <laughs> Brian does a really good, like spider-man with the icing that doesn't work anyway yeah go watch the video of brian and i trying to make a haunted house
1: <laughs> yeah there's there's three videos that came out and they're all ridiculous i think i'm one of very few people who who's seen them all this i point. haven't
3: watched them yet so yeah we'll be
1: launching oh, very individual soon. videos yeah oh that's hilarious
2: <laughs> yeah I Paul. thought it was like, oh, maybe they didn't have enough material, so they just super cut us all
1: together. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, three three videos, one with Dylan and Jason, one with Paul and Jenny, and one with you two. Um, that's great. Um, well, then, Brian, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, TheZone.fm slash DJBoyTano. I'm Bud on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. This has been The Zone's Geek Out Podcast, episode 211. Thank you so much for listening.
4: Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3.
0: The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezonefm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a Zoner.